0: Our second reading this morning is from the Old Testament, 1 Kings chapter 19 verses 1 to 4 and verses 8 to 15. Told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he, Elijah, was afraid, and he got up and fled for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness And came and sat down under a solitary broom tree. He asked God that he might die. It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. But then he, Elijah, got up and ate and drank. And then he went in strength the strength of that food for forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mount of God. At that place he came to a cave and spent the night there. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets With the sword, I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. Then God said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind and after the wind an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake and after the earthquake a fire but the Lord was not in the fire and after the fire after the fire a sheer silence when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle or his cloak, and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone and left, and they are seeking to take my life away. Then the Lord said to him, Go on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael as king over Aram. Let us pray. Almighty God, we ask that as we listen for your voice, for your still small voice, the silence in this world that is so busy so full of noises that we are able to hone our hearts, that we can strengthen them as we listen to the words, the things that you still have to say to us today and every day. Amen. Amen. We find this morning that Elijah is on the run. He's on the lamb, so to speak, after having killed a large number of, Of those who claimed to be prophets of Baal in a competition that was quite spectacular. Perhaps we'll get to it another time. But Elijah had fundamentally committed an act of treason against the government and was now fleeing as fast as he could from Ahab and Jezebel, who were also searching for him throughout the kingdom. But instead of standing up to Ahab and Jezebel, we discover something different. We discover that instead of standing up to Ahab and Jezebel, Elijah has something else in mind. He has a different plan. And that is to head off into the wilderness and hide out of fear for his life, which might have us ask the question, whoever said that following God was an easy thing for us to do? The story of Elijah fleeing into the wilderness is almost similar to that of the story of Jonah. Jonah, who was swallowed by the whale, where instead of going to Nineveh, Jonah also decides to go out into the wilderness where he finds a a solitary plant, lays down in the shade, and he asks God, can't you just bring it all to an end? And Elijah, too, eventually sits down and asks God to bring it to an end as well. But for whatever reason, we're not told why, Elijah finds the strength to get up. And he gets up, and God tells him then to go up to the mountain of Horeb and wait for God there. I'm not sure about you, but I would be wrestling with what God was asking of me if I found myself in Elijah's position. Having committed a life to serving God, it would appear like Elijah wasn't receiving anything in return for all he's done. But we've all have had days like the one Elijah was having. A very bad day, to be precise. And you know what I'm talking about. You may not have armies chasing after you. The armies of Ahab and Jezebel. But I would bet that there have been times where you were feeling ready to just tap out or give in. And those times are hard, because they aren't only draining physically, but they are draining spiritually and mentally as well. On those days, it's understandable, then, why we may not be so eager to answer the call of God by saying, Here I am. I've always found these stories to be amusing, in a way, because it's almost... Like a skit. This whole story of Elijah and God almost comes across like a, a sitcom that I can just imagine. And you can just picture God saying, So, Elijah, what are you doing here? And Elijah says, Well, I'm pretty annoyed right now and I'm pretty upset at you, God. And God's like, Oh, really? Why is that? And Elijah just says, Well, I've done everything you wanted. But the people just aren't getting the message, and now they're even chasing after me, and I'm all by myself. And then it's that point in the sitcom where there's an awkward silence because God doesn't have any words of sympathy or comfort for Elijah. And instead, Elijah gets a call to get himself up out of bed and head out To the mouth of the cave where he had been moping around in in order to bear witness to what we would call a theophany or a divine manifestation of glory but while god wasn't in any of the magnificent gestures or signs i would think that elijah felt like he was at least making some progress and in those moments, too, we might also find that we have found a bit of respite from the chaos of life. And we might look to God in those moments. I'm sure Elijah was doing the same. But like I said before, the hard part is that God doesn't always answer us in the way that we would expect. God didn't appear to Elijah in some flashy manner, God wasn't in the fire or in the winds that clefted the sides of mountains or he wasn't in any of the other things. God wasn't in them because instead God was in the silence. We may not all get a vision of a brilliant flash of light or some grand phenomena that unfolds before us. For the most part, the call from God comes in the whisper of a gentle breeze, which means that it's all the more important that our hearts are in tune and spiritually aware of what God is asking us to do. Because more often than not, it's in that gentle whisper or in the silence where God is speaking the words that our heart needs to hear. And if you find that it's a struggle, don't worry because it doesn't matter if you're new to faith or if you've been a seasoned traveler. The skill of listening to God in the silent moments of our lives is a difficult ability to put into practice. But when was the last time that you spent listening to God in the silence of your heart? When was the last time you spent praying or just listening to what God had to say, or when was the last time you sat down with an open Bible to just simply reflect on the words that were open in front of you? I ask this because our relationship with God is a two-way street. We can't just wait around for answers to fall out of the sky and land in our laps. We have to be active as well in our own pursuit of spiritual devotion as well. And if we think that a -a once-a-week dose of spiritual penicillin on Sunday morning's enough, we might find ourselves always returning to worship together with souls that are running low on sustenance. Because there's a lot of noise, or I like to say noisy garbage, that fills up our ears. And I'll be the first to say that I'm much more comfortable Having a podcast or music playing in the background of whatever it is I'm doing instead of sitting there in silence. But that spiritual path that you and I have decided to travel upon asks that we make some sacrifices along the way. It asks, or perhaps even dare I say, demand that we set time aside to commune with God either by ourselves or with a group of people, listening for those gentle words that come from God. Being intentional about our time with God on a regular basis challenges us, challenges us to decide what, priori- what the priorities are that guide our life. Listening to what God is saying to us isn't as easy as you might think. As we live in an age where we generally like to speak more than we like to listen and perhaps our hearts perhaps our hearts aren't attuned or they aren't accustomed to that kind of spirituality just yet. It makes it all the more critical that we start cultivating those skills now rather than later. If we don't begin exercising those spiritual muscles you might say how will we be able to answer god when we are asked what are you doing here where are you because the ex- because we exercise right we exercise other parts of our body why don't we then sacrifice and exercise the same way for our souls as well The answer, or to answer the call from God, we need to be ready. Now when I say we need to be ready, that doesn't mean we're going to be perfect, or we're going to have our act completely together, but it does mean we will have some kind of foundation on which we may draw strength from. Because what was it that motivated Elijah to get up again after asking God to just end everything? It might be fair to say that it was Elijah's faith or it was his upbringing, it was his hope that gave him energy to just push a little farther in order to listen to what it was that God had to say. Perhaps those are the things that push us to go a little farther, to listen to what God has to say to us. There is a time for us to sit and to wallow in our hardships. There's a time for us to grieve and a time for us to put on sackcloth. But there is also a time for us to get up and to keep moving along. Because we can't stay under the shade of a solitary broom tree forever. At some point we'll have to get in touch with something deep inside of us that gives us the motivation, the energy to go on. And that may be your faith, it may be your family, it may be friends, it may be the time you spend having those late night conversations with God. It's easy for us to get caught up in the things that are flashy or provide us with answers that we are looking for in any particular moment. But the truth is the answer from God might not be in any of those things that we have invested ourselves in. So here is my advice to you if you're looking to begin to uh, exercise those spiritual muscles. I think it's as easy as reading a verse of Scripture a of day and just spending a few minutes sitting with it and letting your heart and mind meditate on it there's plenty of good resources out there that provide you with a daily reading and it's a pretty easy thing to do or even better you can go for a walk as well and instead of being plugged in you can find yourself unplugging from whatever it is that's distracting you and letting your mind and your heart just have a conversation with god Or even better yet, because it is so simple, spend some time in prayer. When we begin to practice these things, we will find that we will be better at listening to what it is God has to say in the silence, in the gentle whisper, the gentle breeze that we come across on a daily basis. The thing is, we just aren't always used to hearing those things from God because we have so many other voices and noises that are vying for our attention. And then when we begin to cultivate those practices, you might find that we are a little more confident or at least a little more sure with the help of others that we are ready to answer that call and say, here I am. Amen.